0: Welcome to Enriched Menopause, where perimenopausal and menopausal women can learn what's going on with their bodies and how to thrive during this stage and beyond. You are not crazy and you are not alone. I'm Dr. Jessica Rich. Let's do this together. and welcome back to Enriched Menopause. Part of the reason I started this podcast was to make people feel less alone on their menopause journey. And while it's a journey that is deeply personal for each person, everybody's experience is different. It also contains many commonalities, and I find that sharing each other's stories can help each of us to feel a little less alone and a little bit more strong as we go through the kind of ups and downs of this transition and these phases of life. To that end, I have an amazing guest with me today, Francois Fong. She is a friend who I actually met through one of my favorite people, her sister, Andrea, who's a good friend and whose son is best friends with my son. But she told me from the start, she's like, You've got to meet my sister. And especially when I started the podcast, she's like, Now you've really got to meet my sister. And I can totally tell why. Francoise is a writer, a producer, an entrepreneur, a podcaster herself, and an overall menopausal badass who works to inspire other women and minorities and to kind of uplift and share stories. So I'm so excited to have her on today. Francoise, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. If I may correct you, my name is Francoise. Oh, because I'm sorry. Francois is a guy, and we don't want a guy talking about menopause, <laughs> at least about women's experiences about menopause.
0: I'm so sorry, Francois, I've been saying your name wrong. I apologize for that. No problem. It happens all the time. I, I'm sure it does. Tell me a little bit about your background and what brought you into writing, because that's kind of what we're going to focus on today.
1: Professionally, I actually started out in in business, in hospitality, in restaurants, but my family business was in entertainment. So I actually moved from restaurants to entertainment, more the um, behind the scenes part of um, localization. So translating, subtitling. But from that, I moved into different parts of entertainment. So film acquisition, film production, and that led me to really want to write the stories that I was working on. And I think that's where I'm at right now. I'm really enjoying the possibility of writing different things or having my own podcast on stories about women on writing poetry. I'm just using writing as a way to express many different things that are more in the subjective realm than in the Mm. business world.
0: Yeah, and I love how you kind of have tackled stories from every side of it. And, you know, I want to get into a little bit of your... Menopausal journey, which I've heard a bit about um just socially as we've talked. But what really moved me was your poetry. And so I wanted to kind of start with you have this amazing poem that deals with menopause, but so much more than that. And the first time I heard it, I was driving, and you read it to me, and I was like moved to tears. I had to kind of like, you know steady myself a little bit at the at the wheel. Let's get into it. Can you read your your poem for us?
1: More than a poem, it's like a monologue, and the title is Divine Woman's Red Monologue. Well, girl, I think we need to say goodbye. We have been lingering for quite some time, and we should do it now before nostalgia and attachment win us over. The truth is, I did not always enjoy your company. And at other times, your arrival brought great relief. Lately, you have been less intense, but have become erratic and unpredictable. It is peculiar that we do not discuss you amongst our friends. I have started to do it. I think we should share our emotions, our feelings and perceptions. You tire me more now. But I have also lost my fear. The fear of shame, of sudden responsibility and the fear of pleasure. We never spoke about the abortions. It is taboo to have them, and even more, to admit to them publicly. You went missing, and I was forced to face one of the most conflicting decisions in my life. I was lucky, someone whispered where I could go for care. Those who believe abortion is a simple black and white decision regardless of age, have never had to face their inner mirror, battle angels and demons, and question their love for being a woman, a mother, or a partner. I was not a young girl. You were in full bloom when it happened. I had a family and enough maturity, but I have never forgotten that absence of yours. We believe we get old. That the passing of time is inevitable. But contrary to many, I now feel younger. My crazy adolescent hormone symptoms have returned, and I have discovered fearless desire. I recognize it in my skin, in my soul, in the object of desire. With desire, I have found true pleasure, the enjoyment of my body and my partners. It is no longer about curiosity. About discovery. I know what true caresses feel like, and even more, which kind I like. I want to caress as well, not only with my hands, but with every inch of me that will express my feelings, my sensations, my inner cries. You are making me forgetful, and so far have spared me from the merciless female summer downpours. Maybe I will elude them with red clover, evening primrose, or black cohosh, and if not, I will endure them like the many other unpleasantness you brought before. You did your deed; you made me a female, and now you leave me a wise woman.
0: It's so beautiful. Your words are so amazing. I love every bit of what you said, and we're gonna we're gonna break it down a little bit, bit by bit, but. Just bravo. I think it's it's really amazing. And, and thank you for sharing it with me and, and with our audience.
1: Thank you so much for allowing me to share it.
0: So the Divine Woman's Red monologue, of course, you start out talking about our menses and how so many of us have this sort of love-hate relationship with it. where on the one side... You know, there can be a lot of misery that go along with having our periods, but on the other side, there's this sort of relief of that reminder of not being pregnant <laughs> at times or just of, of our womanhood throughout. so let's let's talk about that part first and then how it starts to get a little bit more irregular and erratic. So tell me kind of what expi- inspired that part of the poem and your experience.
1: When I started with like perimenopause, that I was getting very like confused, like brain, my brain was fogged up, and I would forget things, and I couldn't concentrate. I really wondered what was happening to me. I started researching like menopause uh, symptoms, and then I got really interested in like, okay, what I'm going through is actually what every woman that's gone through this has gone through, but why? Doesn't anyone talk about this?
0: Why Mm -hmm. is it like
1: such a like hidden subject? And that also made me reflect about like our menstruation, how it's something that we should actually be like very grateful for and very proud because it represents like our creative power. But society somehow has made it about it being shameful and about it being like, oh, this horrible thing. And so I kind of felt like I needed to to try and, and have a conversation with, with myself, with my, that's why I called it a red monologue. It mm-hmm. was like a conversation with this idea of women being divine, of having this creative power, but that it's just never really talked about of the phases we go through. And I think mm-hmm. that's what brought it along, like my thinking about my experience of, Having my period, not having it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and of course that's why both of us are talking about it now to make it, you know, less of an issue for for everyone else. That it's not something that that we stay silent about, and that everybody has to kind of figure out on their own. So, I appreciate that. And then of course you get into the abortion and. Thank you so much for the courage in talking about that because I think that's another area where people don't talk about it even though it's so common and even when people think about abortion all oftentimes they think about it as being something for you know young women before they're ready to start a family or unmarried and and I can't I can't stress enough how it's something that's very common across all age ranges and how many times I've seen women who have, you know, thought maybe they couldn't get pregnant anymore because they're kind of in that erratic stage and already have their families or at a just different stage of life. And these things come up so unexpectedly. And, and thank you again for having your courage and sharing that. Do you want to elaborate on that experience a little bit more?
1: Yeah, because I think it's also, again, something that women are ashamed to talk about and they're not like very, I don't know, safe spaces where women feel they won't be judged for doing what they felt they had to do. This is regardless of religion, age, all sorts of things. But I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel that a lot of people who are staunchly against abortion think that it's just that when that comes up, it's just, you know, it's just a very easy decision. Mm -hmm. And it is not a very easy decision. I think it's probably one of the most difficult decisions that a woman has to face alone or with a partner. And it just involves so many aspects of your life that go into this decision that it's not something like, oh, yes or no. And I would really be open to a conversation about what abortion really entails as, as, a, as a decision, because it just, it also shakes you emotionally, physically, it has consequences emotionally. And mm-hmm. so I just really would welcome conversations about it with both sides of, of, of the spectrum, mm-hmm. people who are for against,
0: mm-hmm. because
1: also I think only when you've had that experience you are entitled to really talk about it.
0: So true. And I think, you know, so many who feel strongly either way. So those who are like, well, I definitely, you know, would have one if I got pregnant and those who feel like, well, I definitely wouldn't. I think people are very surprised when they find themselves in that situation that it's Even if you've always thought you knew what you wanted to do in this situation, it's much more difficult than that. And when you're faced with it yourself, there's so many more nuances that go into that decision and so many feelings that come up and so many thoughts that come up and other people to think about, too. it's, It's a lot. It
1: is a lot. It is like feeling that your house is collapsing on top of you.
0: And definitely not a decision that somebody else should be making for you, you know, a decision that you make for yourself and in conjunction with the people who are your support, whether that's, you know, your partner, your friend, your sister, your provider, your whoever that may be. So I agree. It's it's much more complex than than something that can be legislated over.
1: I welcome the space, Jessica. Thank you.
0: Oh, no. Thank you so much for sharing. And then the the monologue moves on into kind of that getting into that postmenopausal stage where the menstrual cycle is no longer there, not because of pregnancy, but of course, because of menopause and the assumptions that people have about feeling old or losing desire or you know, sex not being a part of it. And you really start to touch on desire and how it changes. And I think that's the part that a lot of people don't expect or that they, you know, are surprised about too. So tell us a little bit more about your experience there.
1: I remember having a conversation with a friend where she was saying how she hated getting to to this menopausal age. And I remember saying, but there are some great advantages, like you don't have to shave your legs anymore. There are all these <laughs> like little things that that come with, with menopause that are actually great. And I looked at my friend and I thought, she looks really young still. And I think we do look young. And this preconceived idea that women who go through menopause are like these old, cranky, um, completely prune like looking women and it's not it's not the case I think we're very vital when we when we get to menopause and that there is a freedom that comes with knowing that you can't get pregnant Mm -hmm. and that there are all these things that you don't have to do anymore and there are all these accidents that will not happen not only getting pregnant but like, like you're clothes won't stain your bed will not be made a mess like all
0: these
1: (laughs) things that suddenly it's like you know what I don't have to think about that anymore I can actually focus just on enjoyment and having like wonderful sex and exploring pleasure just like this Mm -hmm. and so that's I think what pushed me into that part of like oh you know there are some great aspects
0: to menopause Mm -hmm. I love that because, well, of course, there can be some bothersome symptoms. And I know you do touch on the, you know, different herbs that you might use for for those types of things. But I think everybody focuses on that and not on the positive sides. And there is so much freedom. Yes, and not having your menstrual cycles, because I do think that runs A large part of our lives, like that reproductive side of yes, worrying about, do I have a tampon or a pad? Or what happens if I soak through this? And what happens if I get pregnant? And what am I doing here? So there's so much of our space and our minds that that's caught up in the menstrual cycle. And that's not even to say for those who have, you know, menstrual issues, like, you know, fibroids and endometriosis and pain and irregularity and all of those things that go along with it. So the the kind of freedom from that is great. But I think it also is more than that. I think when you start to free up that part of your, your mind and your thoughts, it then allows you to kind of like free up some other things. Like what else can I let go of? What else do I have to, you know, not worry about holding these ideas of what I should be doing or what I, you know, need to worry on. And that, I think that's a huge sense of freedom throughout your life, right?
1: No, absolutely. I think like your creative bandwidth also expands just mm-hmm. because, as you say, it's not caught up in thinking about, OK, I need to prepare for this or this and navigate this in a certain way. It'll just frees up this space that then you can actually use that energy for something else creatively mm-hmm. or practically or Actually, your even your budget becomes more available because you don't have to buy cups or tampons or pads <laughs> or pills. <laughs> so like everything just opens up in a different way.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And I love how you finish with, you know, becoming this wise woman, which of course is not like an end point, but is this whole transition into, you know, taking all of these experiences and learning and growing and opening up that creative space. So I love how you end it with the, with the wise woman.
1: I think when you get to this age, maybe we're not wise because I think it takes a long time to be wise, <laughs> but we've gained a certain experience that makes us comfortable in our own bodies that give mm-hmm. us like a different Security in our lives of who we are and what we want to do, and I think that's that's very
0: liberating as well well I think you're very wise so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that I know like I said Dr rich I point. think you are
1: very wise <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you thank you is there anything more about your menopausal experience that you want to share with us or that you wish other women knew about
1: that there are supplements that actually do help with your with your with your life because although I talk about desire in the in the monologue it is true that there are certain symptoms where your your libido decreases at a certain point where certain things are not as comfortable and your skin gets really dry and your hair falls (laughs) out all Mm -hmm. these things that are that you're in a transition again like like you're the opposite of a teenager, but with the same symptoms of actually not understanding your body, although you, it gets to a point where you feel comfortable with it, there is that like limbo where you're like, what's happening to me? I mm. cannot recognize my body or myself. And knowing that there are supplements that actually can help with all these things, I think is also one of those things that is hardly discussed and that women are very embarrassed about talking about them. Because mm-hmm. no one wants to say, oh, you know what? I've lost my libido. It's like, oh, that is so embarrassing. I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that knowing that they are available and that they actually do help mm-hmm. is something that more women should know about.
0: And I love that you go through both sides of it. So yes, there are symptoms. There, and there is, I always say that it's like puberty, but like, worse because <laughs> because it lasts longer because less people talk about it and not everybody understands that there's like another side you know when, when you get through it but you know there are all of these symptoms and and of course with this podcast we talk about different ways to address those symptoms but there's the the good parts too the positive parts the the wisdom the freedom the creativity and all of those things as well so of course if you're having the symptoms go back and lo- listen to some of the other episodes that I have on those particular symptoms but i love your poem cuz i really think it captures you know, some of the ups and downs and the celebration of it uh, all all together, um, all together in one. And um, I know you're doing a lot of other creative things, too. You're writing. You've got your own podcast. So tell us a little bit more about about what you've been putting out there in terms of the podcast and your writing. Well, I've been writing a lot of poetry
1: with the idea of working on a book uh, probably next year. And then I'm working on like on films and like in my regular work, nine to five job, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. working on, on on films and series, which are more like fiction storylines. And the podcast continues to be my podcast, uh, which is called Mujeres al Desnudo, because it's a Spanish language podcast, uh, which translates more to bare women, because it's mm-hmm. like bearing your soul. This season, we're moving into different stories by women of different ages, different experiences. So we're still very much in the, in the line of um, uplifting women through through stories. But I have to say that with menopause, there's a point where focusing is difficult, where your brain <laughs> sometimes just doesn't register things. And I remember when I started researching this, that it said that brain fog was a true thing, that it Mm -hmm. was a menopausal symptom and that a lot of people dismissed it. And just knowing that made me feel like, so like, okay, this is normal. There is nothing wrong with me. It's Mm -hmm. just a phase that I'm going through and it will pass and it has actually passed. So Mm -hmm. I'm able to like focus on things and work through other things but of course I'm taking vitamins and other things and I will say that sometimes I will lose my train of thought like what was I thinking what was
0: I doing Mm -hmm. but I'm okay with it It's okay men lose their train of thought too (laughs) (laughs) they do
1: they do and I have friends that I have been I've told them oh you know what I'm going through menopause, so I'm a little confused. Or mm-hmm. like, I and they're like, oh, you know what? That's happening to me, too.
0: And
1: I'm <laughs> like, of course, it happens to men, too. Hormones it, belong to both.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Brain fog is definitely a real thing. But like you said, most of the time, it's actually transient. That's one of those symptoms that does get better after menopause. So give yourself a little grace. Like, hang in there write your little notes to yourself or whatever it does to help remember those important things. But yeah. the song does get better. And and I think, as you said, just knowing and understanding like what you're going through, I think is so helpful. So when many women I talk to just really feel like they're losing their mind and that they're going crazy and they worry that it's never coming back. And so I think knowing that this is kind of a normal part of the transition, that there are things that you can do about it, of course, and that it will Pass is is really important,
1: like hot flashes.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, like the hot I, flashes.
1: Mine weren't, and they have not been terrible. But yeah, there have been moments of like, oh, it is a very hot. Like it is a very very <laughs> hot. <laughs> exactly. I yeah, and I found that actually being open about it, like not trying to hide it, if you're like, it's like you know what. I'm very hot right now and I'm probably getting a hot flash. It makes everybody in the room like, oh, you know what? Yeah. So that's yeah, the it's way it's happening. It. Give it, me a it's moment. Happening. It's fine. Exactly. It's fine. It's fine embarrassed about. Exactly. And actually, I should be proud that I'm having a hot flash because I'm a wise woman.
0: I'm uh-huh. getting to that
1: point. So <laughs> hey, let me let me put it out there. I'm having a hot flash.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love your honesty. I love how you're bringing so many other women to bear their souls in their, in your podcast and in the, you know, film and writing that you're doing. I think it's so important that we share each other's stories and just help to uplift each other. So Francoise, tell people where they can find you, where can people find your podcast? Where can people, you know, see what you're up to?
1: The podcast can be found on Spotify, on like, Apple Podcasts on like most of the podcast platforms. It is Mujeres Al Desnudo, which might be a little hard for those who don't speak Spanish. But also on my Instagram, Françoise Nieto Fong. I'm always open to receiving messages. And sometimes people send me DMs like about the podcast or anything. And that's usually like either in English or in Spanish. So uh, mm-hmm. that's probably the easiest way to find me but I also have to tell you that I love your podcast and I think it is so necessary and so useful for so many women that I hope we can do it one day in Spanish so we can reach more people because I think this is absolutely a subject that needs to be talked about and that women need to feel comfortable about it because it's part of being a woman
0: Oh, thank you so much. And I do think it's so important that we talk about, I wish I was as talented as you to speak so many different languages, but I I, I do not, but we can get somebody who can, (laughs) who can work with it on the other side, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely, we can. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Francoise. It's been a pleasure talking to you as always. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story.
1: Thank you so much for this podcast, Dr. Rich.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and share with someone in your life who may benefit from this too. Remember that while I am a doctor, this podcast does not constitute medical advice and is for informational purposes only. Talk with your doctor about what may apply to you and your health. We'll see you on the next episode of Enriched Menopause.